You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 223. Today I'm talking with psychologist and author Dr. Amy Johnson on how to tap into your fullest potential. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast. I am coming to you from Sedona, Arizona. And like, again? Yes. <laughs> I'm back here doing a little getaway relaxation vacation with my wife and some friends. We road tripped out here in her brand new Tesla, and we are really just wanting to get away for a few days before Christmas. And I think that's like so key because this is a time where like from holiday parties to buying all the gifts and all the things and then business and end of the year, where we always think it's going to be this time that slows down and it just so easy they can go in the opposite direction. Am I right? And so we wanted to be very intentional this year. So this is like the only work I'm doing is it's recording the intro to this podcast and that's it. And the rest, I'm just kind of off the grid and just like being away from the phone, away from the computer and just like relaxing. We have this amazing Airbnb that we rented that if you were following me on my Instagram, you'll just see like 180 degree views from this mountain and we just see like everything, like all these beautiful red rocks and just valleys and hills. And it's just like, it's breathtaking. So that's what I'm up to. And I'm really excited about this episode I'm about to introduce you to. This was a fantastic one. We talked everything about just creating a new relationship with your brain, your mind, your thinking, your thoughts, how to change your thinking to let go of and finally rid yourself of anxiety, how to tap into something bigger. This is also a conversation about really looking at who we are really. And when you really get some clarity on that, that's when you can begin to tap into your potential. So if you ever wondered like, what are our thoughts? What are our feelings? You know, if you feel like, your thoughts think you, and you don't really have any control over your thoughts. If you feel like you don't really have control over the way you feel, I think you're going to love this episode. So my guest today is Dr. Amy Johnson. Now, Amy is a psychologist and author who shares a groundbreaking new approach that helps people find true lasting freedom from unwanted habits via insight rather than willpower. Now, she's the author of the book, Being Human, and the little book of Big Change. Now, she's also a regular featured expert on the Steve Harvey Show and Oprah.com, as well as being featured in the Wall Street Journal and Self Magazine. And now, the Mind Your Business Podcast. So, without further ado, let's play that episode for you right now. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Dr. Amy Johnson. Amy, how are you? I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know we have some really juicy stuff we want to get into that I think our listeners are just absolutely going to love. But I think I'd like to start with a little background so we can learn a little bit more about you. What do you do? How do you help your clients? And, and even more importantly, why do you do what you do? Yeah, well, I am trained as a psychologist and I work more as a coach. I'm an author. I've written a few books. I have an online school. What I really do is help people break habits, find freedom from habits and anxiety, and in particular, people who have tried everything. Hmm. So my favorite people in the world, because it was me for way too long, are the ones that are just working their butts off you know, trying every tool and technique and strategy and all the willpower and they're just exhausted and they think it's their fault that they can't find freedom. You know, they think there's one last stone left unturned or they're weak in some way or they haven't done it right. And that's not at all the case. It's just that they're doing the wrong things to try to find that change. So I love helping them find freedom. That's one of the things I've, I've seen you talk about how it's like, it's not a willpower approach. So I'd love to hear like, because I think that's very refreshing right there. What is willpower? And then if it isn't, if it's, if breaking these habits and oh, by the way, is having anxiety, because that's something you help people with. Is it safe to say that anxiety is a habit? I consider it a habit. It's yeah. a mental habit. You know, yeah. We can totally look at it the same. Okay, got it. And so breaking that habit isn't a matter of willpower. So what is willpower? And if it's not that, then what really makes the difference when you're working with your clients? Yeah, so willpower is using muscle, you know, using psychological muscle, using yeah. our thoughts, our energy, our even our emotions. It takes effort. It takes a lot of power. It's an exhaustible resource. And it's really getting in and just trying to kind of push our way through something. Now there's a time and place for willpower. Absolutely. Like when I say, when my husband says, hey, do you want to have ice cream again tonight? <laughs> and I say, no, we've had it twice this week. I can use willpower to get through something like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can yeah. use, use willpower to like answer those last emails at night. But it's not where deep and lasting change comes from. Mm. And what I see and what I saw in my life and see with my clients where deep and lasting, really deep, I mean, true freedom comes from is by insight. So by seeing something that you don't currently see, like seeing yourself and your experience and life in a way that you don't see, it's kind of a, a shift in consciousness. Wow. I want to dive into that so much. I'm already so excited and so fascinated by that. In fact, the first thing that's coming up with me with this conversational willpower that gets me like really geeking out is one of the ways in which you described willpower is like this energy exhaustible for sure of pushing through something. Yeah. And what really came up for me is when you're pushing through something most of the time, well, the first thing I said is what are we pushing against? And what immediately came up for me is like ourselves. Yeah. So it's us having willpower, a part of us that's pushing against another part of us. Right. Which is just no wonder it's exhausting, exhaustible. It's like you're spending part of your energy pushing this way and another part pushing that way. And you just maybe you move an inch or two, but it's a lot of energy with very little progress. 
yeah, we're pushing against life. I mean, mm-hmm. we're really pushing against like the force of life. It's crazy. And like you said, no wonder it doesn't work. And kind of when we really look at it, thank God it doesn't work in that way because we would be exhausted. Now that's the problem we get into, right? Is it's kind of the best strategy. Now I'm generalizing, but in many ways, it's the best strategy we know. Well, mm. in you know, when people are setting their New Year's resolutions for 2019, yeah. they're going to be saying like, okay, what do I do? How am I going to make this happen? And so it's like, that's just the go-to place is, totally. is how do I exert some will to make something happen? Yeah. And if that, I feel like it's, it's like the, uh, I feel like at the end of the day, it's like the lazy approach, right? It's like lazy thinking. It's like, is that the only thing you have to rely on? I feel, I feel like that's limiting in what we really have at our disposal is just relying on, on willpower because if it is a limited resource, if it is exhaustible, then we are also limited by how much change and new habits and new life transformations that we can experience based on how much willpower we have left. Totally. Yep. And that immediately puts limitation on us. So and it makes life hard. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't and it doesn't feel right. And we know it. Like you said, we're pushing against ourselves. We're pushing against life. And deep down we know that. We feel it. But it still can work. Like it's still something that works. It's just not necessarily the most it works short term. Mm-hmm. I mean, works is a you know right. term. <laughs> right. it can people can experience home. results through this strategy of just relying on willpower. Short term, but I'd say it's extremely rare that people actually have deep and lasting change yeah. from willpower because because so, the, they exhaust the willpower and they're just gonna it's like a rubber band they're just gonna go back to the way they were exactly because wow. they haven't seen anything different mm-hmm. so they're still looking at themselves and their issues and what they're up against in the exact same way but now they have no energy left to fight it so that's why yeah. the other side of that is to help them see things in a brand new way so this unfolding of you describing. It's as simply put as insight to me is already so profound in so many ways to me, because as I look at my journey and who I am today versus who I was 11 years ago, when I said, I want to start a business, I can, I can boil it all down to my perspective, my beliefs, the way I see the world, Mm -hmm. the way I see myself has drastically changed. And I believe People can get on board with this idea as well, but I also think people are doing it backwards where they'll change the insight or the the perspective after they have some sort of external change or result. Like I'll see myself as successful once I've made all this money type thing, right? I just, I'm really geeking out about this. So could you share, like, is there a very specific example that comes to mind with either yourself or a client of how a shift in insight could drastically change somebody's life? Yes. I'll tell you my example, my Mm. story. And this is something I've seen with thousands, literally thousands with their own specific details, but thousands of people in the past seven, eight years. So I, I had tons of anxiety growing up in college and graduate school. I was, had a lot of anxiety and that kind of morphed into, went from panic attacks, kind of morphed into an eating disorder. So you actually had panic, like full blown oh, panic I had, attacks. I had two years of being petrified to leave my apartment. Wow. Yeah. Full yeah. blown panic attacks, 20, 30 a day. Um, I had tried a day, a day. Yes. That's had, like every half hour. 
Yeah, I was in, you know, three times a week therapy. I had tried every medication. It was bad for a time. Yeah. And, you know, looking back, I can see how it looked like, okay, this is a real solid issue. This is me. This is part of who I am. And my only way out of this is to do something about it. Now, that sounds maybe kind of like, well, of course. That's willpower. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, of course you're going to do something about it, but yeah, I can see now how that my mind just went straight to, okay, how do I think instead? How do I feel instead? What should I do instead? Who should I talk to next? Who else is going to give me an answer that I haven't gotten, you know? So on top of 20 to 30 panic attacks a day and being in graduate school, I had a full-time job of trying to fight my anxiety. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's honestly, it's exhausting. And then, and then you probably had anxiety about your anxiety. Like, oh, I didn't think the right thoughts. I'm not doing the right things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So my anxiety, like I said, it, my panic attacks, I was always told, you know, this is something you're going to deal with, but we can help you cope with it better, mm. which is, oh, great. Thanks. This <laughs> is your life. Your whole life. Yeah. Right. But you can cope. Like, oh, that's great news. So my panic attacks actually did start to subside and I had started with binge eating and bulimia and I was caught up in that for eight years and it was the same story. Now at that time, the same story, meaning I was constantly looking for what to do to fight it. Mm-hmm. It's just how it looked, right? Innocent. I mean, I just wanted it over, but I can see now how my mind was always at like, okay, what do I do and what do I eat and how do I act and what should I think and what's the affirmation or mantra or whatever crystal or whatever it was going to be I would do anything and you know again that became a full-time job and to me at that time it looked very different and I had professionals telling me well this is different than anxiety that you know because the symptoms are different but I can see now it was the exact same thing and I was the same person in both to your point about how you've changed over the past 11 years i mean i'm sure i had changed but i didn't have the insights i needed because i was attacking bulimia the exact same way i tried to attack anxiety and it got me nowhere but further in it and eventually what helped me was coming across this understanding i share now but really like my own personal insights around it were seeing i heard someone say once what if you are sitting everyone on earth is sitting in the middle of complete mental health we have clarity we have resilience we have every single thing we could ever want or need all the creativity productivity like love connection everything you want peace of mind is you and the only thing ever in the way is that we're thinking over it and we're confusing our thoughts for us Mm. and i you know that Uh, That sounds, I don't know how it sounds. It it goes back and forth from sounding like just words to like the most profound thing I've ever seen in my life. And it changed everything. Like that opened up and opened up. And I saw, wow, I am actually okay. But my mind goes in directions. My mind goes to anxiety. My mind goes to binge eating. My mind goes to not eating. And I take that seriously because, duh, it's in my head. (laughs) And it sounds like me. And it feels serious. You know, and I thought it was mine and I was told it was my issue. And and so as that started to kind of unpack and unfold and fall away, I honestly, in a very short period of time without doing anything, got back to my health. It's like all wow. the garbage just kind of melted away. And I got back to all those things that were always there. So that's 
I don't know. That's kind of a, an example yeah. of, of insight. This is profound because my wife has suffered with anxiety for many years and it wasn't until her and I met that and like I just I wasn't a very anxious person so it was very like foreign to me like like in being an entrepreneur my whole life I got at a very young age like just okay with like being in uncomfortable uncertain risky situations and so I was very like what is this emotion why what is this thing you're you know and it was very I was very um you know uncompassionate or un just had a very lack of understanding to it but I could see how much it was debilitating her and I also found out that she was on an anti-anxiety medication for it you know that that's the solution of here's how you cope for it and we got her to a place where she could finally get off it and it was so tragic because no one told her this her doctor never told her this but when she finally went to get off it they said just so you know this is actually an anti-seizure medication and getting off of this could have fatal side effects what are you what you just gave this medication to someone and basically said take this for the rest of your life don't think about getting off of it because it could kill you and you're just supposed to deal with it i was livid just furious and they're like we they had to give her a whole strategy it took like a month to wean her off of it and like check in every week and i'm like this is tragic and it's like this is we we don't have any other solutions or answers and you know she went off it and it's like she's learned so many other like more holistic healthy natural approaches including like understanding a relationship with her thoughts so i just think this is so relevant because i have to assume my wife isn't the only one that has struggled with this and um becoming an entrepreneur doesn't like make it any easier you know because we're just like in uncertainty every day that's what we signed up for whether you realize it or not so i'm hearing that the insight for you was creating a better distinction or relationship with your thoughts. That just because there's a thought in your mind, it doesn't mean that it is you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically. It's yeah. really, truly, and deeply seeing. Now I think, again, this day and age, and all your listeners are kind of along this path in some way, that's not news, right? Mm-hmm. But, but still, even though we kind of know this intellectually, how often do we just swim oh my around in horrible feelings and yep. doubt and limitation and we're blind to it yeah so absolutely seeing that what we're all up against is a mind that talks all the time and coming with a mind that talks all the time as our mind talks the flip side of thought is feeling so we feel everything our mind is talking about (laughs) we feel it in our body we feel it as whatever fear anxiety whatever we feel it as but it's not something that needs to be medicated it is not a problem. It is human and normal and healthy even when we can have that relationship with it, when we see it for what it is and we know that we aren't it, you know, we're okay. And it's just the weather. It's like the metaphor, kind of hmm. a classic metaphor, right? It's like, where are the blue sky? We're fine. Chelsea yeah. was fine. I was fine. But this experience comes up and man, it's a hurricane, tornado, like worst storm you can imagine. So of course we try to medicate it. Of course we try to think it away and willpower it away. But if we can just see that it's safe, it actually goes away on its own and we're okay. That there's nothing to do. There's nothing we have to do. Right, right, right. But from a new vantage point, 
there's no willpower that's that's needed let alone medication or anything yeah that's i mean that's that's incredible and there's um great distinction i heard very recently too about this idea of responsive thinking versus creative thinking in that most of our thinking is a thought in response to the world around us versus where we don't spend a lot of time as being intentional about thinking and creating what we want with our with our thoughts and so if you're in a place where you're already experiencing anxiety i have to assume you just keep your mind just keeps going to everything else to be anxious about yes that can keep us in a very like vicious stuck cycle yeah but you know seeing it's totally how it works but it's crazy to think about how simple this is but how big it is that seeing how it works changes it yes like i think that's true of probably a lot of things in the world it's very simple right it's like seeing that's that's one of the huge insights i had around my own binge eating was that wow my brain sends out these really forceful demands and urges and cravings but that's a machine like I don't need to let a little machine run my life. There's and even just to talk about it like that, there's a me and there's a machine. So I yeah. talk about our brain a lot as the machinery. And again, it's not just with big habits and anxiety and things like that. It's worry and little things that bog us down in our day to day as entrepreneurs or anything. It's like the machine has habits. The machine goes in a direction, but you aren't that and you don't need to listen to it. Right. And by recognizing that it is a machine, you realize, well, you can't be the machine. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to recognize it. Exactly. And the, and the machine, when you see, get even just little glimpses of what you are, who you are, and that this machine, sure, it's powerful, but it's a machine. It starts to lose its power. It's perceived mm-hmm. power, you know, right. It's like, Oh, that's weather. Okay, I know how weather works. There's yeah. a bad storm. I'll stay in. It'll be gone soon. You know, like that's how yeah. how our human experience starts to feel. And so that's really what you mean by insight, huh? Is just yeah. being able to distinguish you and who you really are versus the brain or the or the machine. I think that's like the ultimate insight. I mean, yeah. you know, we can have insights about all kinds of things, but to me, that's like the ultimate insight. Like, yeah. Who are you really? Yeah. How do you work? But you also touched on something that I see a lot, especially with this podcast. Sorry, guys. I'm apologizing for our listeners in advance. Where you're right. Some of these things, are they're not necessarily new. I mean, you could probably go to some of the oldest teachings like the Tao and stuff and, yeah. and find this in there. Timeless teachings about, you know, mastering our thoughts, like all of that we do see that people are getting very excited about this. And like, like this podcast has taken off where when I started in an online business 11 years ago, like people weren't talking about this in business. It was just a very separate thing. You know, it was like, Oh yeah, you, you want to learn about this if you've had something like traumatic in your life and you want to like overcome it. But now it's been so integrated for so many. I mean, I have friends that I went to school with that are like finding my podcast and they're like, I don't even have a business and this is just something I really want. But I notice over and over again how challenging uh, of a time people have of like, here's this concept and they like grasp it. Like what you're saying, I get it conceptually, Amy, like totally. But people can't seem for the most part to see where it applies and how it applies specifically in their lives, like when they're in it. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, no, that's totally true. Right? <laughs> and, and it's kind of funny. Like, I think yeah. we just have to have a sense of humor about that. Yeah. To me, that's just like the cosmic joke, right? It's yeah. like we see it in everybody else's life. Exactly. And you've always got an advice for someone. And yeah, yeah. And you see it when you have some little issue, you know, but we have 100,000 blind spots. And yes. they're just the things that are most important to us. No big deal. <laughs> like, right. that's always where our blind yeah. spot is, right? The thing we care most about. And just even that in itself shows us what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. if there's something you care so much about, you have a ton of thinking about it. And you're trying to, like you said, when we intellectually get it, we're trying to think our way out of thinking with more thinking. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yes, right. That's <laughs> what Einstein work. said. You can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it. Exactly. With the same tool that created it. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. Here's what we have instead is rather than trying to see it in specific areas of our lives so your big business issue or whatever like kind of set that aside and when i work with people again with major habits and addictions and anxiety that's hard but i say okay set that aside if you can best you can and we're just going to look toward how it works across the board because how it works for you is not different than how it works for me or anyone listening so we just start to see that these as kind of really basic principles about what is true of all human beings. And we start to see, mm. wow, you know, nobody's exce- an exception to this. All human beings have what they need. All human beings have thought brought to life in such a real way that we'll totally be blinded by it. And what we all also all have is this amazing feedback system. So when we're feeling anxious, for example, stuck in a business problem or stuck in a habit or whatever, that is showing us that we're caught up in our heads, that we're in that weather. We think that weather's true. We think it's us. We're owning it innocently, you know, unconsciously, but we're like, we're just in it. Mm -hmm. But thank God, again, we have feelings that show us that. We get stuck and that's what that's meant to show us. So. So you're right, like we're totally gonna have blind spots, we're not gonna see it all the time, but what we can start to see are, are these really universal kind of ways that it works. And then we have this sort of blueprint for like, oh, when I feel like crap, when I have no ideas and I wanna throw the business away and you know, go for me, it's always go get a waitressing job because that looks like the easier <laughs> option. Oh my goodness, oh my God. I yeah. have my waitress fantasies. So yeah. when I wanna you know, quit this and go become a waitress, I've gotten on to the fact that, oh, that means I'm in a bunch of thinking that I don't see as real. Now, can I see exactly what it is? No, because I'm fine to it. But I know I'm in weather. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, another great analogy that uh, I've always loved, and I had someone who's a meditation expert come on about two years ago, uh, Chris Vondermaden, talk about this. and, And other people have talked about the same metaphor of like seeing a movie where, the you know, you describe and rate a movie in proportion to how much it moves you and makes you feel. You know, you want it to like make you laugh or make you cry and the, the more it makes you sad or happy, you know, like we usually tend to say, that was a great movie. Yeah. And there is a, yes, you can get lost in the movie, but for the most part, you know that it's still a movie. Yeah. And there's like that distinction, that insight, that separation. And I think that's what I'm really hearing from you here is that we're kind of losing that when we're in our head or in our emotion that there isn't that separation it's like wait a second this might just be some thoughts that are in my head that aren't me they're just thoughts does that sound like i'm interpreting what you're saying 
properly. That's totally it. Yeah. I mean, and think about it, you know, just to cut ourselves some slack. It's like, of course, when the movie is happening in our own heads, (laughs) like we, you know, we are not detached. Mm -hmm. The content of it, the content of the storyline of this movie is all about us, 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 usually with some hook that's like, again, like any good story, like we're either going to die, you know, this go up in flames, yep. <laughs> everything's going to fall apart at any minute, right. or we're going to be the hero and it's one or the other. It's always the, it's a, it's like the climax of the film is, you know, it's exactly. in, a, in a movie that only happens for like five minutes out of the entire film, but it's like, it's our entire life is that five minutes. <laughs> so yes. it's always yeah. worst case scenario, which is so funny, by the way, what you say about just getting the waitress, because there was literally a very long probably about four year period of time i've told my listeners where like i was I had to move back in with my parents live in the basement wasn't making a dime and i would live off of subway sandwiches and i remember envying the subway sandwich artist because i'm like this guy's getting paid more money than me and when it's five o'clock he gets to clock out or whatever time and he gets to go home i'm doing this from like eight in the morning till 10 at night and it's on my it's consuming my entire mind and he's and this guy's I'm like I envy the subway sandwich artist right now. Yeah. And so I I totally resonate with that. Yeah. Definitely yeah. been there. Um <laughs> so I want to hear more about what our feelings are in relationship to th- our thoughts cuz I I think you were onto something really fascinating there as well. Yeah, so think of thought and feeling as two sides of the exact same coin. Like I don't think I mean even if you know, and I don't just mean conscious thought. So it's not just like the words and sentences that we're aware of in our head. But when I kind of talk about thought, it's much bigger. It's, it's experience, right? It's our ability to know and have any kind of experience. So if thought and feeling are two sides of the same coin, we feel all of our thinking all the time. That's <laughs> like the big misunderstanding is that we feel life happening to us. So we feel, you know, that the character in the movie is going down the wrong path. Like his mistake is what we feel or in our lives, our mistake is what we feel. That's absolutely until we die, how it's going to look, but it isn't how it works. I had a last night, just last night, I was up two o'clock in the morning. Something woke me up and I had had a conversation yesterday with a colleague of mine and said something that was like, whatever, like, oh, I probably should have said that, but I blew it off at the time. But at two o'clock in the morning, mm. the memory of that popped in my head and I felt like someone punched me in the stomach. Now I'm laying in my cozy bed. There's not a problem in the world. It hadn't happened in hours. You right. Know what I mean, but, but that's to see that we only feel where our thinking goes is gigantic yes. because what we'll always do is look out there and say, oh, I don't feel great about my business. I better make a change or, you know, it's time to go become a waitress or the subway guy or whatever. <laughs> and then we start making all these again. It's it's kind of back to the willpower thing. We go outward and we use a bunch of will and force and discipline to try to rearrange things out in the world. When yeah. That's not the cause of our feelings anyway. And without ever looking at changing our thinking. Yeah. Without and, ever really seeing where it's coming from. Right. And we take ourselves with us wherever we go. Yeah. So people change all their circumstances. Is that what you would say is really what happened with the anxiety? Is it just maybe surface level willpower? You're able to subdue the anxiety, but internally nothing changed. So now it was just manifesting as an eating disorder. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's, that's key. And then can you talk a little bit about like, 
then because I've I've been really fascinated. You know, I just think like I think emotions are the thing that no one knows really what what they are, why we have them, and then they just try and like let's get rid of the bad ones yeah. and and promote the good ones. But I'm kind of looking at like positive emotions mean green negative emotions means like stop and pay attention like you know that's the opportunity to to create a new insight about our thinking can you speak about the the different or is is that even how you look at them like a positive and a negative i'd love to hear more about that yeah definitely so um i think just naturally you know i always i always try to think about how kids live life because they haven't learned a bunch of garbage yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they're like the perfect kind of, like, if I'm ever in doubt, I'll just look to like a two-year-old. Really. Mm-hmm. Like what would a two-year-old Same do? Same here. Oh, yes. Like what would a two-year-old do? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and I, yeah. So like, you know, when they're feeling great and they're just bouncing through life, there's no, they're just on go. Everything's green. They're just moving along. No problem. Right. And us too us too. Now we can, as adults, we can overthink that. Are things too easy? And maybe I'm not working hard enough, Mm. all that garbage. But you know, if we can get back to like, usually for the most part, when we're just going, we're going, when things are good, no problem. But when we start feeling whatever we feel, whatever we're up against, I think what that's showing us, it is kind of a red light in a sense, but it's really showing us, hey, again, you're not in you. Meaning, you're not blue sky. You're not sitting in your wisdom. You're not creative right now, relatively speaking. Right. You are not in your potential. You are not mm. in perfect peace of mind. You are in your head, which is fine. Like, are glad we have a head. It does a lot of great things for us. <laughs> you know, but like we wanna we wanna check that. Like you're in thinking that looks real to you. So like when we look at you know, maybe a good example for this audience is we look at like a big project or we look at our plans for next year and they scare the crap out of you, which yeah. is probably probably fun and kind of a good sign. If we read that fear as, oh no, this is, you know, I'm not supposed to be doing this. See, the feeling doesn't show us anything about outside in the world. The feeling just shows us where our mind is. Yes. Yeah. So, so that and yeah, and we, we take it as outside evidence. Let's that. even go deeper with that. So, cause this is like so timely, right? There's this action of, okay, I'm going to write down these goals for next year and you write them down and then you look at them and you start to get this like anxious, panicky, fearful emotion. What I'm hearing is that there's the emotion is coming cause there's already some thought or consciousness or attention put on that goal right there's something there that's like oh i don't know if i can do this yes but then there's also a thinking that can happen once you feel the feeling yeah which is in relationship to that like oh i'm feeling really afraid and then people go into all kinds of places like which means i can't do it i'm feeling this feeling of fear which means it's not going to be possible or i shouldn't do it which sounds really interesting because I think something I see with a lot of successful entrepreneurs and I'm just going to say this is something that I learned as well is that fear means go (laughs) fear is good. Like when you, like we last year, this about this time last year, we crafted a new 10 year vision and it made me feel so uncomfortable that I couldn't even stare at the words on a piece of paper. But when I'd look away, Cause I had to look away after two seconds. I really, I like literally was like, I can't look at this. I at least told myself 
this means this is what I'm meant to do. Like this is the next step. Yeah. And uh, where most people don't, yeah. they kind of go the opposite. I don't know. Can you talk more about even go deeper with this? Yeah. Well, see, when we know that we're feeling thinking and it's like weather, it's like surface level thinking. So your fear, right, was like all this, like, oh, way too big for me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen, whatever. And it might not even have been conscious, but some of that garbage was in there. Yeah. So that's all the fear. But the thing is, there's thinking and there's surface level thinking and thoughts in the moment. But then there's us. (laughs) And in that wisdom that is us, like there's a momentum. It's not up to us and our brains to move through life. Something moves us through life. So something kept you, and I would say it's really you, like the bigger you, the real you, all of us, something kept you with that paper. Like you didn't burn it, you didn't run out screaming. Right. You looked away when you needed to look away, but we can hold both at the same time. We can have wisdom and inspiration and something moving us and feel who the heck knows what coming from our thinking. And that I think is like brilliant to see. That's where we can face anything because you start to see how life moves you. And then you start to care less about your moment to moment emotional Mm. reaction to things. It is, it is. It's so, it's so like microscopic and narrow, such a narrow view in, in the whole grand scheme of things. It's just like moment to moment. Yeah. It's just this moment of writing a goal, but you pull back 10 years. Like it's so small in comparison. I'd love for you to talk more about what you're already touching upon this bigger you or this idea that something is moving us. Yeah. What, what, tell tell me more. <laughs> it's such a funny, I just like uh, get giddy even thinking about yeah. it because it's, you know, it's a hard thing to put into words. I kind of have to just speak in metaphor and ask people at home to like, you know, look for it in your life. Mm-hmm. But it sure, I think once we have the eyes to see it, like once we get curious about it and look for it, you see that so much is done through us that mm. that yes, we play roles in and for sure our intellect and our knowledge and our thinking comes in and our willpower at times and all of that. But it reminds me of that Einstein quote that I love that I don't usually get completely right. But he said like the intuitive mind is a sacred gift. And so intuitive mind is kind of us, right? That bigger us. The rational mind is its faithful servant. And we've created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Hmm. That's like, okay, there's something pushing us forward. If we look at like even the dumbest little examples, when you're hungry, you find yourself walking to the kitchen. (laughs) You have to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't have to think, is it time to go? You know what I mean? Life gives us and it also puts ideas in our heads and it inspires us. And we're not managing that process. And I think that's where we get, again, we get kind of confused because our brain is this amazing machine that's been so honored and, you know, worshipped, especially in kind of recent years, maybe especially in our culture. And we've just put that on this pedestal as if I'm doing it all, my thinking and my intellect did all this. And that's all of us. Like that's all, that's us. We are our brain. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like all there is. And it's like, wow, that's yay us when it goes well but what does that mean when it doesn't go well mm-hmm. <laughs> you totally. know, I mean, it really it's it's huge suffering yeah and so what i'm also hearing is like willpower is when we're trying to override 
that bigger part of us. It's like trying to use this tiny little like motor instead of using the whole engine. Exactly. You know? It's like the, the metaphor that I like is it's like using the hard drive on your computer instead of going to the internet. And even that's not a great one because we're obviously a lot more powerful than the internet. But it's like if you had to write a book, you could write it with just the words that are on the hard drive of your computer right now. But that'd be ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> Why not like open up and let something so much bigger. Totally. Oh my goodness. So there's something else too I want to bring in this because I get really passionate about this. And I think, you know, for people in different you know, belief systems or spiritual backgrounds or, or religious backgrounds have a name or some, some sort of label that they give this. We've heard people talk about like a higher self, right? And you're familiar with terms like that. Yeah. So something that has really resonated with me for some time is this distinction that when we're in a negative feeling state, which is, you know, like you talk about, I just love that idea of we are feeling our thinking when we're in a negative emotional state, it's an indicator that the rational part of us is choosing to hold on to a belief that that bigger version of ourselves does not believe. Yes. And that really brings us full circle in that so much of the suffering that we go through, so much of the limiting, the pinching off of our potential of not stepping into that is so much more almost like an act of willpower in defiance of who we really are. Yeah. Let me believe the opposite of who I really am. Let me focus on what is not true. What is not who I really am and then feel miserable about it and then prove to the world why I'm not infinite potential capable of anything. You can see like the implications of this are yeah. gigantic. Yeah. And it is that. It is exactly mm. what you said. Yeah. It's that simple and also that hard <laughs> right. to wrap our heads around. It's well, so profound s- and simple. Simple simple does not mean easy. Doesn't no. mean easy. Simple exactly. just means simple, eloquent. But it I mean, this is like the challenge of life. Yeah. It's like we've just innocently as a species like thought ourselves into a misunderstanding. Mm. We've thought ourselves into, I'm my thinking, I'm this, I'm that. And we've gone to that rational mind place. And yes, I mean, but we keep getting these signs and these invitations back to the higher self, to who we really are. Yeah. Primarily through our feelings. And I just feel like anybody listening up at this point goes, okay, so what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, isn't that what you hear at this point is like, so, okay, so what do I do? What are the action steps? Which, yeah. you know, we could just kind of laugh and everything. The reason we're laughing is like, well, that's your rational willpower trying to take over. But at the same time, what can <laughs> what we, do do? <laughs> what do we do? Right. But, but no, but no, no, that's willpower. Okay. Okay. But what do I do? Right. What? And so I'm going to try and create a hybrid question here. What practice makes discovering these insights easier see these insights are in us already yeah nothing additive here it's all just subtractive so anything that we like to do that takes us within that helps our little mind get quieter or if our little mind can't get i love that it's just like a little mind this little machine you know if that little guy's here that little girl's just gonna talk then you just don't need to listen yeah he's just kind of in the background Mm -hmm. you know anything that kind of takes the focus away from that and toward this bigger, 
this bigger us, which which is invisible, by the way. So it's it's a bit of a practice to just get used to feeling into that and listening less to our our little mind. Mm-hmm. Anything that does that is beautiful and yeah. is totally in the right direction. So I would never say a specific practice because I used to meditate and curse my way through it and hate it. So, you know, that's not gonna, that's not getting you any closer, yeah. but if you love it, do it. If you love yoga, if you love outside, if you love just sitting there, if you love listening to this podcast, whatever quiets your mind and points you within is mm. perfect. Yeah. What are, um, you know, obviously that's really huge for you to have, created these insights and, and the, this understanding for you to be able to overcome not just some anxiety, but like an eating disorder and massive panic attacks. How have you like specifically had to work through the challenges and the, the thinking that comes up with you yourself as an entrepreneur running your own business? Like what are, let me go this way first. What are some things, like I know you, like the waitress, I just like, resonates with me so much because I just feel like yeah we grass is always greener in some respects but what are some of the what are some of the thinkings the thoughts that you've found pop into your brain as being an entrepreneur I mean first of all I go around the world telling everyone that I used to eat a ton of food in my closet and then, mm-hmm. and then not eat for a week. So that to me at this point is no big deal, but that was huge. And still in little ways, I mean, just that being vulnerable, you know, and stepping into that. So my mind says, no one wants to hear your story, you know, like it's not all about you. And so I'm up against that. Like I think probably a lot of listeners are a lot of thinking about is the world ready for this? Mm. As if that has anything to do with what I'm doing. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like my mind will convince me, well, right. the world isn't ready. Then what are you wasting your time for? <sighs> exactly. Even just like, well, I'll make them ready. Yeah. It's a different thought. I mean, it's very interesting. Like you're in that thought right there of, is the world ready? Also, that thought is also presupposing that someone, if it, they're not ready, they won't receive it. It's yeah. like, well, wait a second. How do we know that it's not true? Well, I'll make them ready. Yeah. I mean, we will find a way to talk ourselves out of the things that scare us, that put us at risk. Yeah. Yeah. And when I really look at that one, it's like, well, even if I could somehow come to the objective answer that no, the world isn't ready, then what? That's what I ask myself. Then what would you do? Mm-hmm. Go be a waitress? No. You know what? I yeah. love sharing this stuff. And I've seen enough people be ready enough to hear it. But I don't care if the world isn't ready. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so that's cool, too, to see, okay, even if that's true, little mind, I'm still doing what I'm doing. It's still yeah. Tuesday, and I'm still doing what's on my calendar. Yeah, that's great. I love that. And that is, it's stuff we all go through. But I think the power is, in, is just in recognizing it. Yeah. Most people that just like, no, that's just the fact. The world's not ready for it. So I can't do it. And we don't challenge our own thinking. And again, the feeling is huge. Mm. Every time, and I mean, I'm blind to it too often, but more and more by exploring this and looking at, at these truths more and more, it's like feeling bad and nervous and doubtful and limited it still happens but it just wakes me up to, oh, I'm in my head. Yeah. More and more, not always, but more and more, you know, it looks like, oh, there you go, little minds, that rational mind's in charge again. And it's just so easy to pop out of that once you've seen that. Do you have a specific go-to question? It's like, once you're like, I'm in my head, do you just kind of ask a question? Like, so what is it I'm 
What is it I'm thinking? What thoughts am I choosing to hold? I don't ask anything like that because I don't want to get into the content of it. Mm. I know if, you know, I know if I get into the content of it, that's a slippery slope. Tell tell me more about that because I don't want people to get into a slippery slope either. Yeah. So again, like, like we talk about thought and, Mm -hmm. and thought, you know, we're thinking something like when you looked at your goals, maybe you could pick out specific thoughts, but it's like just this fear, right? Yeah. This breaks on feeling. That's kind of more where I would look like that's just showing you, wow, ego has got this, like Mm -hmm. the little mind is in charge right now and it thinks it's real. Now, as soon as you get into, you know, like, is the world ready or can I do this? Or what if I fail? I mean, one, it just takes you deeper into that feeling, which isn't great. And two, there's such a, there's, our brain is really sneaky. (laughs) You know, it's gonna give you the evidence and tell you the reasons and try to make a case for what it's thinking. It's not this boring (laughs) storyteller. I mean, it's got evidence. It's it's smart, Yeah. yeah. So, so I think it's so helpful. I tell my students in my school, like, the content is kind of like Charlie Brown's teacher. It's like, wah, 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 Mm. wah, wah. Like, we don't need to listen to the words. Mm -hmm. You know by the feeling that you're in your head. So that would be kind of my go-to is, I don't know if it's really a go-to. It's not a question so much, but feeling that and just kind of my mind flipping to, okay, I'm in my head. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge too, because I noticed like one of my strengths was being smart. Like I always got good grades, like fast learner, you know, figuring all that stuff out. And I like to say that our strengths can also be our biggest weaknesses. And one of the the reasons why I believe I struggled for so long is I was really smart at talking myself out very logically, the most intelligent reasons and justifications for why I wasn't ready, why it wasn't quite time to start, to launch, to put it out there. And they were all very good, sophisticated answers. And I would talk myself out of my dreams for a very long time. I didn't even know I was doing it. I mean, that's what a two-year-old wouldn't do. Mm. (laughs) You know, back to like a kid, if we're going to try to live like that, a two-year-old would be like, wow, that looks awesome. Let's try it. Yeah. And that's how you know you're a thinking adult. (laughs) Yeah. And You know, but it's so fun to kind of just see that more and more. And I think you're totally right when we're in that in the arguments, you know, it's sticky in there. Yeah. So this is always like, just one of my most passionate favorite topics to talk about. So this has just been so incredibly valuable for me. I know it's valuable for our listeners as, as entrepreneurs, as people that are like, you know, we are literally creating that which has never been created. There is, yes, there are paths and plans, but at the end of the day, like you're doing something that's never been done before. And that's the whole point. And that's what we signed up for. And, and I just can't imagine how someone could get very far without having a better relationship with their thinking, with their feeling, with this little machine in our heads. I think it's just so imperative. And I think it's part of the journey. It's why I started this podcast because it's what all made the difference for me. It's why it's called mind your business, not just like willpower your business. You know, hustle your business because I think there's a lot of people hustling and working hard and relying on willpower and don't even realize that they're using such a small, finite, exhaustible resource and not tapping into something bigger. So this has just been 
so awesome. Anything else you want to bring up or touch upon or any final comments in order for you to really call this episode and this conversation complete for you? I mean, I just love like just off of what you just said, you know, we we're so resourceful. We can look things up. We can find plans. We can hire people, you know, and it it just kind of kills me too to see so much effort going toward that as if that's it we can figure out the details anything mm-hmm. that a brain needs to figure out your brain whoever you are listening is wise enough to figure it out i know it is yeah but absolutely like 99.999 percent of it is letting that energy of life that has you excited about what you're looking toward move you without you innocently putting the brakes on so i think to just see oh that's what these feelings mean and here's why i put the brakes on and you know it's just gonna it's gigantic yes I love it. Okay, Amy, tell us how we can learn more about you and uh, what are the next steps if we do want to work with you in some capacity? Yeah, I have um, an online school called the Little School of Big Change. Love that name. That's That's awesome. LittleSchoolOfBigChange.com. And I, you know, share this understanding there with people, again, habits and anxiety, but really any kind of change you Mm want to make in your life. Yeah. And then my main website is dramyjohnson.com and my podcast and all kinds of great things are there. Yeah, that's one thing we didn't really get into was talking about habit change, but that's a big thing that you do. And even our thinking is habit-based, right? I mean, like to be anxious is consistently is to like have a habit of going to a place of anxious thoughts and then causing anxious emotions, I would assume. It's all habitual thought. Mm -hmm. So much of our thinking is habitual. I mean, even down to like our personality is kind of habitual thought. Mm -hmm. And and again, like we were saying, when we can see that in a new way, it loses its power. Mm. So it's as implications for anything. Which means we don't need to rely on willpower in order to make that change and make that change deep and lasting, which is huge. So this has been awesome. We're going to link all that up in the show notes. Maybe this has been amazing. I've really enjoyed this and I know our listeners will as well. So thank you so much. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into another episode of the Mind Your Business podcast. We will see you here all on the next episode. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.